Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast uh, live from Lords after one of the most incredible days cricket um, I have ever seen. I wonder if my colleague and co-host Jarrah Kimber agrees. We'll find out very shortly. In fact, we'll find out as soon as I stop saying this. Uh, you're listening to the following on podcast. It's brought to you by TalkSport. Uh, subscribe and give us five stars if you wish on uh, iTunes or Acast. But let's get on with the cricket chat. Jared Kimber, we've seen a lot of crickets. Where do you rate? Before we get into player of the day, shot of the day, anodyne press conference of the day, I tell you what, if there's anything anodyne said today, um, well, I'd be very surprised. Actually, I wouldn't. Um, Where does that day rate for you in terms of all the cricket you've ever seen as a fan, as a boy, as a man, as a father, as a singleton, as uh, an engaged man, um, as a bored man, as someone who was maybe switched over to watch AFL for two hours and then came back man, a drunk man, a sober man. Where does that day rate for you in all the cricket you've seen as, um, oh no, I've already done that. But yeah, where does it rate? 17th. Oh, so just below Edgbaston in the uh, intimidation ranks. Uh, where should we start? I mean, we'll go through all the uh, the different rank, uh, uh, sections of the show as we normally do. But on the way to work today, I was reading yet more articles about Stephen Smith. And I was starting to think, you know, there's a bit of a problem with journalism in this country where essentially you have to write about the story of the day, which, as we know, doing this following on podcast, it's more often than not is Steve Smith. Today, of course, Steve Smith is, again, story of the day. But there are so many other stories to discuss. Yeah, but it's still all about Steve Smith, isn't it? I, you know, let's not let's not lie. Everything sort of worms its way back to Steve Smith because he's he's just well, he's always in the middle to begin with. So it's very hard not to think about him or or you know follow him or watch him or um, certainly see him because uh, he's always in the middle. So I think that while there's been a lot of incredible things today, it's still always about Steve Smith, even when it's not about Steve Smith, even when it's about Jofra Archer. <laughs> Yeah, he gets mentioned quite a lot as well. Okay, well, let's get on with it. Uh, Starting at the top with uh, You Know What. 
Well, player of the day is one of two people. And it's the same two people we keep talking about. It's either Steve Smith or it's Joffrey Archer. You decide. Hmm. It's Steve Smith because Joffrey Archer didn't get as many wickets as maybe he could have. Uh, I know it was incredible what he did, but it's probably Steve Smith. Um, you know, I mean, Australia basically have one batsman in this series and he stood up again. Um, uh, let's be clear. Both teams combined have one batsman <laughs> in this series and it's Steve Smith. Um, he will probably score enough runs over the course of the series for one team. And I said he stood up again. He stood up twice. Um, I, look, it was an incredible innings. Um, you know, I, I think Crickviz, they have that stat of expected mm. averages. And like uh, the balls that he's faced in this series, he should be averaging about 32. And of course, he just doesn't get out to them. Um, hit on the arm. It didn't look like there was much left of his arm except the bruise. Um, hit on the head, still comes back out. That, you know, it, it's hard not to. As, as excited as we can get about... Joffre Archer, there's almost a little bit of Mornay Morkel or Wahab Riaz about that spell in that we're going to remember it for the contest, but in, in all those three cases, the bowler actually didn't quite win um, and the batsman did could come back, you know. Um, Big difference though. We're talking about a Mornay Morkel or a Wahab Riaz at the end of their career. That's his first test. He's going to get better than that. He hasn't played a test before. Why are we always talking about him then? Well, I don't know. You, I, think, I think there's a little bit of man love going on. Um, look, I thought Steve Smith today was, was the player of the day. But I think you could equally make the case of Joffre Archer. I mean, this is a guy who's never bowled before in a test match. He bowled two eight-over spells. He managed to hit speeds. I don't think I've ever been seen by an Englishman, Alex Stewart, put forward Devon Malcolm. I'm not sure Devon Malcolm ever bowled as quickly as that consistently. There was a stat by Crickviz, 16 deliveries in a row over 90 miles an hour. He bowled a delivery at 96 miles an hour today. I've never seen an Englishman uh, bowl that quickly. And he's still learning his trade. It's scary to think how quick, how, how well this guy can go. The other thing is Stephen Smith today looked... Um, as uncomfortable as I've ever seen him. You know, there was one over where he was given the hurry up by uh, Joffre Archer. It was actually the over after he'd been hit on the forearm. Um, he hooked Archer, could have been caught twice. He fended one off at his throat, which just dropped, dropped, dropped short of short leg. And then, of course, we know what happened towards the end, which was a horrible, horrible moment, um, which is where it then goes back to being Steve Smith, because this guy was smashed on the forearm. He wasn't wearing an arm guard. Um, he looked in all sorts of trouble and still came back. And then, of course, he was felled by that bouncer, which, which was horrible. It was a horrible moment. The way he fell to the ground wasn't quite like Phil Hughes, but that was what everybody was thinking. Um, and the fact that he then went off the field and came back again, when, again, I'm not sure he should have done. Um, yeah, Steve Smith's player of the day. Yes, Steve Smith is player of the day, correct. Story of the day. <laughs> okay, so Lucy, the producer, should just basically cut out that first section and replay here. Lucy, I'm joking. Uh, but story of the day, I think, must be that moment when Steve Smith was felled. Is it the moment when he's felled or the moment when he also comes back on? Um, so, you know, it's that whole period, isn't it? And it even goes back to the period when Joffre started bowling quick. I think, that, you know, you were talking about after he hit him on the arm. So he bowled... Um, uh, one over that the average speed was 92 miles an hour. At one stage, he bowled a knuckleball and it was yeah. 90 miles. His slower ball 
went at over 90 miles an hour. So, I mean, that's how quick he was bowling. You then have Smith being hit. Then there's the fear, the Phil Hughesness of the situation, as you talked about. Uh, you then have Smith not wanting to go from the ground and the doctor going, I don't feel comfortable leaving you here, bring him off the ground. You then have booze. Um, not a lot at that stage, but there were certainly um, some boos in the ground. You then have, he has his second concussion tests. Uh, sorry, he, he's one on the ground. He has a second one off the ground, a really in-depth one. And then Siddle goes out about five minutes after he finishes his tests. He comes back out. There's still boos. Um, again, not a lot, but actual boos were happening. And he then plays a series of incredibly silly shots, um, including a leave to a straight ball that he would never normally leave. Um, He then walked after being given out LBW. He then stopped because Pat Cummins said you should review that. He reviewed it and then re-walked. That whole period is just incredible narrative. And I hope Pat Cummins, who batted really well at the other end and no one noticed, was taking notes because that's a chapter in his book. 80 balls Pat Cummins batted, I noticed. That first shot that Steve Smith played... To Chris Wokes, where he basically heaved the ball um, over mid-on and went for four. As soon as he did that shot, something was didn't sit right with me. Um, it was just a really odd shot. It was, I don't know what it was. Was it a statement? Or was it just there to be hit? Because his next delivery, he pushed through the covers. Beautiful shot on the up back foot. But that first shot, there was like a warning sign, a warning bell. And I turned to Guy Swindles alongside me and I thought, that's odd. It's not like they were nine down, like he, checked, he flicked a switch at Edgbaston. Mm. They weren't. They were batting quite comfortably. Uh, uh, Cricket Australia said he, it wasn't like he was pushed out. He wanted to go out and bat. And I, was, and I thought, yeah, that's not exactly the way I was looking at it. I was thinking that he should have been held back from batting. Yeah. And the way he batted to me was someone who, who wasn't quite right now. I'm hoping 100% that, and and I know for a fact, and you probably know this, that team doctors in the past have not always been great with concussions. They quite often put the team first. I like to think that Cricket Australia didn't do that at all, but he was clearly shaken up by the hits and he wasn't thinking correctly and he wasn't thinking clearly. And that shot over the leg side, I think, uh, was was proof of that. And I think... um, uh, the LBW, I mean, some people said he was batting differently because he had been hit on the arm. I'm almost willing to go with that. But the whole LBW thing from him leaving that ball, there was something wrong with his thought process there. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, not sure he should have come back out. But that, as bad as it is, and I wish it wouldn't have happened, it did add to the ridiculous drama that we saw there. Shot of the day. Well, shot of the day could be that shot that Steve Smith played against Chris Wokes. I don't know if uh, you've got any other suggestions. It's the shot that uh, Steve Smith played off Chris Wokes, the back foot cover drive that you talked about. Uh, it, it was the one after the, sh- the silly slog over the leg side. Uh, it was just beautiful. And he doesn't play the back foot cover drive much, although he did today because I think they changed their lines to him a little bit. Um, but it's not, it's not one of his you know, most used shots, mostly shovels to the leg side, of course. Um, but it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, it may have been a sign that he wasn't thinking straight, that he played such a pretty and elegant shot, which is not the Steve Smith we know. Um, I'm looking out the window here at the media centre. I'm not sure exactly who spoke. Is that Chris Wokes walking out? So it'd be Chris Wokes. Well, there'll definitely be an Anodyne Press Conference moment of the day from him. Sorry, Chris. And I think it could possibly have been Justin Langer. Uh, speaking for Australia. So let's find out. Lucy, the producer, weave your magic and uh, carve out two really boring cuts from today's press conferences. Yeah, it certainly was, wasn't it? A great day of Ashes cricket. Um, you know, great to be a part of and, you know, great to, to watch some, some fast bowling as well. Obviously, Joffre bowled some fantastic stuff, bowled some serious pace. Um, you know, it took something special from Joffre to, you know, get, get Steve Smith out of his bubble a little bit, which, you know, that's what, 
international cricket, I suppose, all about at the highest level. And, um, you know, I'm sure it was great to watch from your guys' perspective. It's never nice to see players get hit and get hurt. Um, you know, we're, we're playing international cricket, Ashes cricket. It's always going to be played tough, played hard. Um, but you still don't, you know, wish wish injury on anyone. Um, you know, thankfully, it looks like Steve's OK. But, um, of course, worrying times when you first see someone get hit in that region in particular as we know you know what has happened in the past so um thankfully steve's okay but um as i touched on with with joffre it was a serious spell of fast bowling and i was actually down at deep fine legs so um i was quite a way away from the you know the action at that moment but a couple of the guys were straight up um you know joss in particular who was you know short leg i think he was straight onto it and you know checking checking he was okay i mean he was face down which is obviously a worry at first isn't it so um no i mean all the guys are obviously you know, at that point in time, as soon as you see someone get hit in that region, you, you know, you want to make sure they're okay. Were you surprised to see him come back out to bat? Um, I, to be honest, I don't think he wanted to go off in the first place. Um, so I always felt like he might come back out as long as he was obviously checked over by doctors and things like that to, and given the nod to go back out. So um, I always felt like he would come out or you, I suppose you, you planned for him to come back out because, um, you know, if you expect him not to come out and then he does and then he can score a, a few runs, can't he? So, um, yeah, I mean, no surprise that he did come out in, you know, in that, in that aspect. But um, I think in that I suppose it's really important that we actually got him out because um, you know he's obviously quite dangerous in terms of what he did at Edgebaston. He took their score and their lead onto um, something which obviously in this game could be quite important. So uh, you know, obviously pleased to see the back of him. Yeah, it is. It's hard to watch. Um, thankfully, he's in good spirits tonight. He's he's um, passed all the protocol, uh, the concussion protocols. But when you see it happen, it's you don't like seeing it to happen to any cricketer actually and, um, for any team. And it was uh, a nervous time. Yeah. Have you got a sense of how he is uh, in terms of whether he might bat tomorrow if needed or how things will pan out from here? He'll have another test for concussion in the morning. Um, thankfully, his arm's OK as well. He, he had an X-ray on his arm. That's all clear. He'll be a bit sore tomorrow, probably in all departments. But, um, you know, he's an incredible player. He's got great courage. He's got great skill. And he's very determined as well. So as long as he passes the um, concussion guidelines or protocols, I'm sure he'll be out playing tomorrow. 
from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Rant of the day. Jared, over to you. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch. But basically it all comes down to people, uh, the reaction to the, the Smith thing. You, you heard it, people in Australia saying that Jofra Archer laughed, um, which he clearly didn't. If you watch the footage, he shakes his head, he's upset, he walks back. He's not really sure what to do with himself, as you wouldn't be, because he's thinking at this stage he's really hurt him. A minute later, when it looks like Smith is okay, and by okay I mean can move and is talking and is, is upright, he... Um, Joffre, Joffre starts to l- laugh with his teammates away from it. I've got no problem with that. He, he, they weren't laughing at what had happened to Smith. Um, then you have the, the idiots who boo, right? So you, you, straight away, you've got Australian fans having a go at Joffre. And I, I literally, I saw people saying he shouldn't be playing for England and he shouldn't be bouncing them. Well, obviously, they weren't people watching Joffre get bounced yesterday or know anything about where his father was born. But let's forget that sort of nonsense. And then you have the fans booing Smith's um, uh, I actually, I'm somewhere in the middle on booing because I understand that's part of the reason that we love sport is the theatre of it and the drama and the other team of the villains. But there's a certain point where a bloke has been hit on the neck and has fallen flat on the ground and he's been taken from the ground and everyone is really worried about him. He then comes back out to bat. Now, we might say that he shouldn't come back out to bat and that is a whole different argument. But to boo him at that point, what does that say about you as a person? I, I, I just don't understand. So I think there was a lot of people, you know, sort of using this for their own... Their their own sort of nonsense and realistically you know sometimes it's about is this bloke okay and I think that had to be the most important thing and I think that got lost for some people everyone wanted to blame Archer or to not care because it was Smith and realistically it's is this bloke okay um, and now is he is he actually human to come out and then bat again after something like that and you know that's what it should have been about and too many people took it in a different direction for me. I was going to moan about the fact that Crickviz have uh, tweeted out today that since 1910, uh, Test cricket has never featured batting lineups that lose wickets with such regularity. So I think uh, that's a big thanks from all the listeners that <laughs> Jared did today's round of the day. Well, unlucky as today's got to be, you know, if it's Steve Smith's always player of the day and Joffrey Archer's always story of the day or Steve Smith, unlucky as today, it's got to be Peter Siddle again, surely. All the time, isn't it? It's quite funny. Um, someone in the press box was talking about him being a media pacer and uh, he took, bowled that incredible ball that got burns out that took off and you're like, that's pretty good media pace um, if, if it is. But, yeah, look, essentially it was... Um, Oh, I thought he bowled really well again. He had, what, one catch dropped, I think? he had a catch. David Warner, yeah. It was uh, Joe Denley dropped. It was a tough chance, actually, but still. He had saw one go down. And, and then he got Denley in the end. But again, bowled really well. Um, made up for the first innings where he wasn't quite at his best. Uh, but he puts it in the right areas. It swings around a little bit. And he looks really officious when he's running through the crease. What's not, what's not to like? Um, I, I, it is Peter Siddle, but it's also the guy who tweeted me. I tweeted something about when Joffrey Archer's second eight-over stint came to an end, uh, and so ends one of the passages of play in recent times, yada, yada. And someone tweeted me, uh, yeah, shame my internet went down and I've spent the last hour and a half on the phone trying to get it sorted. So they missed the entire thing. But they saw Peter Siddle bowl, and it's about the same. 
Lol of the day. Ooh. Wow. Personally, you know, and listeners were unfortunate to miss out on Jarrah Kimber describing beautifully the David Warner lull of the day on day two as he ran back from first slip, tried to take a steepling catch over his shoulder, dive full length and unfortunately just prang the ball uh, if he'd fisted it, that wouldn't quite be correct. He basically had his fingers outstretched and he just jammed them against the ball and the ball flew to the boundary. Four runs from the bat. Stuart Broad, thank you very much. Well, guess what? Didn't get four runs from it today, but another clanger from David Warner. It's first slip where Steve Smith would have been fielding probably if he hadn't been getting an x-ray. Uh, ben Stokes in his first over against Nathan Lyon could have been out three times. Uh, and that was really a huge drop. And uh, of course, Stokes is still there at close. So that's my lol of the day. Well, I mean, Warner's fielding is starting to become a sort of a, a, a permanent lull at this point. Uh, he's, he's dropped, I, I, I've got him down for maybe four drops in this series so far. Feels like that, felt like there were three today. Um, so there is certainly a point here where it's getting funny repeatedly. So, it, you know, it's, it's more the callback gag. It's a lot, 90s American sitcom where, you know, Kramer's going to come through the door and be a bit crazy, but you still laugh at it because he does it a slightly different way every time. That's essentially David Warner in the field. And I've always said he had hard hands. Hands. Jeezy's living up to it. He doesn't want to field the slips, so put him in the slips specifically so um, he, he doesn't get seen too much for the ball around the field. I can promise you that. I've been told that virtually directly. So uh, he's in the slips for that very reason, not because he's a good fielder there, and uh, he's not being a very good fielder there. Mistake of the day as Jared looks at his phone for uh, some notes. He's actually done notes. Wow, research, real research. Uh, mistake of the day, well, you could say letting Steve Smith bat again. That's probably it. Or Steve Smith not wearing an arm guard. Or what have you got? No, no. Steve Smith um, letting him bat again, I think, was a mistake. Um, I mean, I'm not on the medical staff, but I'm, I, I, you know, having a look at everything that we've seen from where we are, it looks like a mistake. Um, happy for the medical staff to disagree with me on that one, but they're, they're there and we're, we're a long way away. We're 120 metres from the, the other dressing room. But the other mistake, I think, was over-bowling Joffre Archer. I totally agree. Over-bowling Joffre Archer, under-bowling Jack Leach. I just think that it's his first test. He'd never bowled over 28 overs in, a, in a innings or a game before. I can't remember which one. Um, mostly because he's already bowled the team out by that mm. point. But, but essentially, um, he's bowled some really long spells here. And when Smith came back on, he started stretching straight away. So I'm, I wonder how much is him just going, nah, give me the ball skip, give me the ball skip. And I think Root maybe needs to pull him back. Um, but I thought he bowled a very long spell on, on, I don't know how many days ago it was now, but whenever he bowled a couple of days ago as well. And I'm just getting to, with a really fast bowler like him, I think five overs is probably the maximum. And I know he's an incredible athlete and he's young and you just keep throwing him the ball. But I remember what happened with, I think, um, Pat Cummins bowled 55, 60 overs in, in a Shield final once. Um, and it, I don't think he recovered from years from, from that sort of extra stress that you put on your body, even if you don't get injured straight away. Pattinson here, he bowled plenty of overs here in 2013, I think, and he was out for two years. So, uh, yeah, I agree. There is one other thing as well. If Australia could field and Australia could use DRS, they probably would be 4-0 up in the ashes already. Uh, again, twice tonight, Stokes and Burns should have been given LBW if they'd reviewed. They didn't. And in fact, that's my lull of the day. Uh, the, no. the camera panning to the pavilion and seeing Justin Langer's reaction when he'd just seen on the, the screen that uh, they should have reviewed. 
I've just thought of more mistakes then. So twice Australia didn't review. We talk about the umpires all the time and there's been some shockers, but that wasn't even the best one. What about the one this morning that England reviewed that must have missed bat and glove oh, yeah. by about a metre? Yeah. I've never. The minute that happened and they were even pretending to appeal, everyone around me was looking around. I had Ben Jones from Crickviz next to me and Dan Brady from Crick Info. And we're all like, are they serious? Do they actually think that was near anything? Do you know who it was? Do you know who it was? It was Short Leg. Short Leg reviewed that. It was the first person to go up and followed by everyone else. I was watching. I was like, "There's a, the only thing that could have possibly ha- happened was that hit his elbow. And it didn't even hit his elbow. The ball was actually closer to the short leg than it was to the bat. Moment of the day. Well, need we ask? I mean, we kind of done this. Were you not listening at the start of the show? <laughs> I mean, we've done moment of the day about... I mean, it will go down. I mean, I'm only half joking when I, th- when I say Pat Cummins should be, have been writing notes because, you know, to be out there in that contest with uh, Joffre bowling at that pace and, you know, with young fast bowls, we'd like to think he can do this forever, but he probably will have two years at this pace and then he'll have to bring it down a little bit. I mean, Sean Pollock was an incredibly fast bowler and ended up basically... Two years. If, he keeps, if Joe Roots is captain for, <laughs> for six months, he's going to be croc. But, but I suppose what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, what... what we might have seen is a potential um, champion going up against probably an already champion uh, or a legend of the game in, in, in Steve Smith. Um, it's a, it was an incredible moment, sort of every, every part of it. Um, and I hope Pat Cummins was taking notes because he's a smart young guy. And I think, you know, he, I'd like to know what he thought about it when he was out there. And he was also one of the first people up to Smith uh, when, uh, when, when he'd fallen down. But uh, yeah, uh, it just, it was one of those days that you will not forget. Um, incredible day of Test cricket, really. Brilliant stuff. Jared, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I mean, it's all, all to play for, really. Going into day five at Lords, uh, England lead by just over 100. If they're batting by lunch, you'd feel they've probably got enough. But will they be batting by lunch? We shall find out. Uh, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. Myself and Jared Kimber. Uh, subscribe and uh, leave us a review, if you like, on iTunes or Acast. We will be back uh, tomorrow after day five of the second Ashes Test at Lords. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.